just because you can do something doesn't mean that you should do it or that it's your calling in life, right? And I think that's something important to consider as you're looking through job descriptions. You're listening to Content Logistics, a podcast for B2B marketers looking to build a content engine that drives revenue. In each episode, Camille Trent interviews the marketers behind the best content marketing flywheels and uncovers the tactical aspects of content production from first draft to first customer. All right, this episode's going to be a little bit different. For one, I am recording this at 11.01 p.m. Pacific time. I do not have any guests that were willing to come on at that time, but I do have a topic, a content topic that I think will be interesting and relevant. Uh, A few months back, I recorded an episode with Bridget and Brendan about content career pathing. I got some good feedback from that, both the format, having a couple different people on, but then also the, the topic itself and, you know, how to really explore different content paths. And then recently I've actually accepted a new job. And so with that, all of this is very front of mind and fresh in, you know, things to consider as you're evaluating a job and deciding if it's the right thing for you. And, uh, you know, the, is it the next step? Is it the right time to, to take that step? Those are things that I had been thinking about, and not just uh, this month, but uh, even with previous roles, every time that I accept a role, I adjust that criteria a little bit more, both because I understand more in general, right? Like I understand like the game of marketing and, and business and what companies are looking for, but then also I understand a little bit better myself, right? And what I'm looking for and what I'm actually good at, right? And not just that, but what what gives me energy? What do I enjoy doing? And where is there a market? So combining all of those things together to really better evaluate roles and, you know, content marketing role fit, if you will. Someone messaged me a few years back when I had taken a new role and they said, hey, why did you take this role? What were some things that you considered? I'm thinking about taking a different content marketing role too. And any advice that you can give would be useful. So I had to think about it a little bit. And then I sort of narrowed it down to my, my top five, right? Top five things that I consider before taking a role or even really considering a role. So just kind of my basic vetting process. So since then, I've kind of expanded that and reprioritized a couple things. But I wanted to go through what those are. And these are in no particular order. It's actually just scribbled these down on a piece of paper. So not very messy, but I'm going to try to make this nice and succinct and we'll see if that actually happens. But number one is stage. So the stage of a company is very important as it lends itself to completely different personalities, right? So if you are a specialist, and you are really great at one specific thing, maybe one specific aspect of content marketing. So maybe it's editing, or maybe it's social media, or I'm trying to think of something even more specific, like maybe it's TikTok, right? It's like a specific channel. If you are very like channel specific in your content marketing approach, a later stage company or an enterprise company may be the best fit in that they are probably going to one like pay the pay the most for 
that type of a role, right? And value a specialist maybe more so than a early stage startup, right? On the flip side, if you feel like you are more of a generalist, more of a generalist content marketer in this case, so you might be willing to do some things that are borderline content marketing, like product marketing, sales enablement, yeah, things that may fi fall under brand marketing and other companies like events or social media, right? Or even community marketing, evangelism, influencer marketing, some of those types of things like that may at a larger company have their, their own titles and their own specialists. But at a smaller company, it might all just fall under content marketing. If that's exciting to you, you, you may love a startup, right? Other reasons that you might hate a startup, though, are the lack of structure and process starting out. So if you need or want a checklist or a process for most things that you're doing, a startup could drive you crazy, especially an earlier stage product or an early, earlier stage startup. However, if you are a structure person, you might still find a fit in that maybe you like creating the structure, right? Maybe you like creating the frameworks. And in some cases, that that is me, right? And so this is why I tend to like the, the earlier stage is that I don't mind the chaos. I like moving fast, but not so much that I never want to build the process. It, it would make me crazy if it, if it never got built. We never set up project management. So you do have to either want to create it, like building those types of things, or maybe in another situation, like your manager enough, or you trust her processes enough or his processes enough for that to work out, right? Or so maybe it's an earlier stage, but your manager has set up a pretty good process or good visibility and what success looks like for you and how, how the work is going to get done then that can work as well, right? So structured versus unstructured. Again, what's comfortable for you? Because again, if it's unstructured, the pros there are you do get to move fast. You get to be flexible. You can change paths, I think, more easily than you can or change roadmaps more easily than you can maybe at an enterprise company. And then I think another thing is Benjamin Elias from Podia comes to mind here and that he has talked like at length about the advantages of a growth stage business. So not early stage startup, not enterprise, somewhere in between, right? Where you're still wanting to grow at like a an impressive clip. You might may still be like 2xing, 3xing, looking for that type of growth versus, you know, 10%, 20% year over year that an established business may be looking for. But the odds are better. Like you're a little bit more stable in a growth stage company, it's already kind of proven itself that there's a market, that there's high growth potential. They've already met some of the, the expectations that need to be met for a startup. So they've kind of proven themselves out. He likes coming into a company at that stage for a few different reasons, but in part, the odds are better. And so I'd recommend checking out his, his newsletter, Diamond Pencils. This is not a, a paid ad. I just got a lot of value out of it. So would recommend you looking at that as you're thinking about stage and what stage you might thrive, thrive in as a content marketer. Next thing is industry, right? So what industries, what content are you most interested in producing? 
So it could be that you are a marketer that likes marketing to other marketers. And luckily, there is a huge opportunity in marketing tech. There are tons of of marketing tech companies. And so lots of opportunity there. Could be that you enjoy sales, CS. I'm mostly thinking about SaaS here, but there's everything from, from fintech to med tech. So really figuring out what topics that you enjoy writing about and what style that you enjoy writing about, right? Like, do you like the more inspirational writing? Do you like educational frameworks? You like coming up with the the topics and the outlines for events? Do you like the inspirational, maybe social media, brand style content? So I'm going off the rails here a little bit in thinking about the maybe the specialty in some ways, like what specialty within content marketing, but then also the industry. So it's not just about passion, though. It's also about what regulations or limitations may exist within that industry, right? So with some industries, there's going to be limitations on how you can advertise. There may even be some some legal things we have to think about. So I know with you know banking and fintech, there's a lot of red tape and what you can and can't say and what how fast you can move maybe in producing ads because they they're going to scrutinize you a little bit more if you are in the finance space versus if you are in you know the lifestyle space so that's something to to consider the other thing is just does that industry care about content marketing not just if you need it because there was a time when i thought hey the banking industry super old school I can change it, right? Like, like what if what if I can bring like these modern techniques, modern like marketing techniques, like into this old school, you know, banking industry? But you probably are not going to be the one to change it, or at least it's going to be an uphill battle. So you need to at least be aware of that going into it. Or is this industry already receptive to what I do? Are they going to invest in content marketing? Do they pay content marketers well? Do they even do any content marketing right now, right? So I think auditing a company's content marketing before you consider the job or even take the interview maybe could be a good idea of what are they doing right now? How how do I think I would slot into this? Like, would I be redundant in this situation? Or would my particular content marketing skill sets add to what they're doing and help level up? So Thinking through that as you are considering different jobs is important. Next thing is leadership. So does the CEO get marketing? So starting at the top, like does, is the CEO investing in marketing, looking at their past hires? When did they hire marketing, right? Who did they hire for marketing? So one thing that I like to look at is would your direct report be a CMO? Would they be a VP of marketing? Would they be a head of marketing? You know, at what level are they investing in in marketing? And I'm not saying that an early stage company should have a, a CMO or even like should have a VP of marketing, but that can be a signal that they care about it, that they're they're investing at a high level. Next thing is, does the CMO or does the VP of marketing get content marketing, right? And even beyond that, are they content marketers themselves, right? 
they don't have to be. Like I've enjoyed reporting to people who maybe have more of a growth marketing background or product marketing background. So they don't necessarily have to be content marketers or have a content marketing pedigree, but it can help if they have done it before, they know the obstacles, right? Can do it themselves if put in that position, but are fully willing to sort of like hand that part of the role over to you. So do they get content marketing? Or if you are more of an IC, then does the content leader understand your domain? Do they understand your expertise and do they value it? So for instance, if the content marketing leader and marketing leader only think of content marketing as SEO content and your specialty is social media marketing, even if they're hiring for that role, understanding whether or not they're going to invest in it and how they're going to invest in it. And, you know, same thing goes for event marketing or thought leadership marketing, whatever it is, understanding how important the function within content marketing that you care about is to your manager and is to their manager is probably a good idea. All right, next thing is the business model and the strategy. So this kind of this kind of gets at leadership too, right? So do you believe in the business model? Do you believe in the the strategy and the vision? And then do you, can you see and understand what success looks like? right? Both for that year and even have an idea of what, you know, success looks like in five years. And they don't have to have that figured out. It could be that IPO makes sense. It could be that an acquisition makes sense. So they may not know at that point, but I think having some milestones and a good idea of what success looks like for the company, it's a good idea. And really understand how content fits into that, right? So, you know, how much do you think that content can influence that journey and those growth goals, right? And is it a situation where content marketing is going to be expected to deliver results within a month, within a quarter? Are they hiring co the content marketer for, for the long-term play, right? And you can just invest in long-term plays. Will it need to be a blend of both so you can hit your goals? So all of that's really important to understand. I think some factors in this are, you know, do they have a demand gen program that's already humming, right? Are they able to kind of hit their goals with their existing team and they're looking to content to kind of add some extra fuel? That's an important thing to understand is like the the lift that you are going to to be taking on and the portion of the revenue or pipeline that's going to be expected of content marketing. So helpful questions, questions to ask. The next thing for me is, and I know this is maybe too far down the list, but the actual JD and the role that you're looking for. So part of the reason that this is farther down the list is because I do feel like the team, leadership, who you're working with every day is more important than actually what you're working on every day. That's not to say what you're working on is not important. But I think that if you gel really well with the rest of the team, if you can work well together, that's oftentimes like a, a number one thing for me, especially that team respects each other's boundaries and work-life balance. So that environment, that culture comes first. But I think the role and the job description, obviously very important. I think something that I didn't realize until pretty recently is 
just because you can do everything on the job description or just because you have done it before doesn't mean that you have to do it, right? It doesn't mean that it's a good fit necessarily for you. So even though it might be in your zone of excellence, and I'll go into the the genius zone real quick um, to explain that, but there's this concept of the the genius zone, which is a book my my coworker Diego turned me on to this book recently. But the concept behind it is there is your zone of incompetence, which are things you're really not good at. You probably don't like because you're not great at it. But the point is, there are other people that are are better at it than you, and you don't love it. So you probably shouldn't spend any time here. The the next zone is your the zone of competence, right? So again, you're competent at this thing. You're decent at it. You can get by. Still, other people are maybe a little bit better at this than you. It's not the thing that you are excellent at. So then there's the zone of excellence, which is, as it sounds, things that you're excellent at. And you might be in the, the top tier of people who can do this thing. And so because of that, you're probably going to get stuck like in this zone, both because you are going to be incentivized to stay there because other people around you, your managers, maybe your team, they all give pretty good, they all, all, all give great feedback, right? Like you're doing really well here. Here's a promotion. Keep doing what you're doing. And everything seems great, right? You've made it. Uh, except that you don't love it, right? It's not your sweet spot yet, but it might feel like your sweet spot because externally you're getting all the feedback and all the signs that this is what you're supposed to be doing. But if you don't feel energized to to do it, if that doesn't, if that thing doesn't give you energy, then it's probably not your zone of genius. And then the leap is to go from zone of excellence to your zone of genius. And these are the things that you both do do better than, you know, 99% of people. So again, you're excellent at it, but it also gives you energy. And because of that, you do even better work. So you're not only good at it, but you enjoy doing it. And so so you have the potential to be to be the best at it and also just really enjoy your work. So how does this all how does this all relate? Just because you can do something doesn't mean that you should do it or that it's your calling in life, right? And I think that's something important to consider as you're looking through job descriptions is both grass is always greener, right? You're always going to like find something, you know, that seems like, oh, wow, I check all of these boxes. Like this is the perfect job for me. And you you do it and maybe you find that even though you're good at it, it doesn't spark joy. And maybe that's because you find that you enjoy working with a lot of people and you don't have this at the, at the, at the new job or you like working alone and you don't have that at the, at the new place. You find other things about yourself that are important to your path to that that genius zone, right? So understanding the the role, the job description, whether or not you can do it, but also whether or not it's going to be a little bit of a stretch. Like for me, I don't want to be able to feel 100% confident about everything that's on that list. I want there to be some stretch goals, right? Of, oh, okay, this is interesting because I haven't, I haven't marketed to this, this group of this audience before, right? Maybe that's interesting. Or I haven't tried like this type of 
content or go to market before, but I've always wanted to, right? So I think having a little something a little bit scary in there, something that that scares you, but feeling confident, you know, about a lot of it is a good sweet spot to to be in because there's room to grow. And that's actually the next thing that's on here is growth potential, right? So not just what is the role that you're being hired for, but what could the next role be, right? Is there a growth path within the company? Or at least is there going to be leadership or mentorship to be able to get you wherever you want to go, right? Whether it's at that company or whether it's, you know, starting your own freelance business or agency or, you know, working at a Fortune 500, whatever it is, like, will this job be a good stepping stone to get you there? Will you be able to learn the skills that you need to be able to get you where you want to go? So is there growth potential and having that conversation early and often with your manager? Or if you're a manager, making sure that you're having those conversations with with your team, because more so than anything, I'm convinced that that is going to be a key for for retention, right? Of the best way that you can show people that you value them and you value what they do is by paying them well, right? Giving them good good balance in their life, finding out what it is that motivates them, what they want to get out of this job, finding that out before bringing them on, right? If that is a good fit, if they, you know, are intrinsically motivated, externally motivated, finding that out, but everybody needs some something to look forward to and everybody needs goals, right? Or or has aspirations. So understanding those and putting a plan in place to help to help your team get there or if you are the person in question setting yourself up in in a position of feeling confident in your role and what you provide to be able to have those conversations of hey here's where I want to go or when you're stalled or when you're deviating from that you know feeling comfortable bringing that up of like hey I thought we were on like a pretty pretty clear path it's kind of like you know gone off the rails recently so Here, you know, here are some suggestions I have for getting it back on. Here are some things that I want to explore. Growth potential, I think, is an important thing to to suss out in that interview process or in just like the explorative process. Because even if you're not looking, I think sometimes looking at job descriptions or looking at having models, you know, of, okay, this person's job, this seems to be like what I want to do, or this seems to be what I, something that I could do, right? And it's kind of bookmarking those in the back of your mind of like, piecing together that that perfect job description for yourself as you progress in your career. The next one is brand. This goes back to to leadership and mentorship, right? Of maybe the personal brands or the personal reputations of the people that you're going to be working with, both on your team and your leadership. I think that's important to look into. And then the brand itself, the company or product that you're joining, do they have a good reputation in the market? Meaning, are people using the product? Do they like the product? Are they talking about the product? What what types of things are they saying? Is it essential to their life, right? And then the brand tone and voice, like the the culture, right? So that, you know, extends internally of, am I going to enjoy working here, right? Because the brand, this is something, again, that I've, I've noticed more and more recently. The brand itself will attract certain type of people that that fit that brand and that buy into that mission, right? So are you bought into the brand itself? Are you bought into the mission? And 
yeah, are you going to be able to get along with with other people in that the type of environment that that brand creates? All good things to to consider as you're evaluating is the the strength of the of the brand, the strength of the the personal brands of everyone that you'll be working with. The the last thing that I have on here is maybe maybe a little bit too broad. Could have categorized this better, but product and pricing. So the product itself, how large is the the TAM, the total addressable market for that product? Again, you're not going to maybe know this specifically, but we should have a pretty good idea going into it of how many customers do we need to get to be successful? And is it more of a, you know, smaller ACV pay per seat user based uh, product, right? So maybe it's a sales tech for BDRs. There's a lot of BDRs, right? And, you know, maybe it also works for, for AEs. There's a lot of AEs too. And that's going to require a different content strategy than a high ACV 100K a year product, right? And so that product you may be selling directly to the C-suite or directly to leadership of some, of some kind. And you will need less customers to reach revenue goals than you would a lower ACV, more product-led approach, right? So maybe you need more SEO content to bring in more traffic so that more of those people convert into the free product. And maybe your content will be measured on free trial signups. Whereas in this other model, in more of like a sales-led model, you may be measured on revenue or pipeline, right? So really understanding not only the product itself, but how that relates to you, how that relates to content marketing. What does the pricing of the product and the, the go-to-market of the product mean for you as a content marketer? Being able to ask those questions and draw those lines of like, what does success look like for me based on the product and based on the the goals, the company goals, be it revenue goals, pipeline goals, sign up goals, right? What are they trying to accomplish this year? What are they trying to accomplish in the next in the next few years? And how do they see content playing into that? The more you can ask those questions up front, the more you can suss out whether or not it's a good fit for you. Because maybe it's they are looking for more event marketing. And I think that that is that is content marketing. And that's the way that they are going to be thought leaders and bring in more, um, you know, CMOs. But that maybe that doesn't lend itself to your sweet spot. Maybe your sweet spot is more, I don't say transactional, but more like high volume you know, SEO play, right? And also vice versa, right? Like maybe it is a PLG company, right? And that is your sweet spot. And so being able to see those things, to see those connections, to see what your strengths and weaknesses are and being sort of brutally honest, even that if that, that job sounds very compelling, know that either it's going to be a challenge for you and you're up for that challenge and you can see how, how you could get that done or that maybe it's just, not a good fit and you can you think that you will thrive better in a different environment and that's okay too so i think understanding what type of content is needed and and really have them define content marketing for you is i think a good place to start there's so many times when 
you know, my definition of content marketing is different from other content marketers even, right? So if that happens, you can imagine that it's going to, the director of marketing or the VP of marketing is going to have a totally different concept of content marketing than, than you might. So having those conversations early on, you know, what essentially what is content marketing? How are you measuring it? Right. If you were to break it down, you know, how much, how many resources, you know, do you think we're going to, you're going to want to spend on SEO versus case studies? Actually, I mean, that's a good one to point out too is do they have a customer marketing team or sales enablement team? And are they going to handle the case study content or does that fall under content marketing? And if so, how big, how big of a slice of the pie is that going to, to be? If you love writing case studies, if you love use case content and they are more of a sales, sales-led company and maybe, maybe want or need more of that, then maybe that's a perfect fit. If that's something that you don't believe is content marketing, maybe it's not a good fit, right? And so knowing those things earlier of just defining content marketing, defining whether or not, you know, brand marketing, social media events, whether or not that's part of the the content marketing or or that's a whole separate department with brand. All of those things are important to to suss out early. Gated content, right? What are their thoughts on gated content versus, you know, what your take might be? You'll want to basically understand compatibility both with the model and the the product and what content metrics that they would need to hit for it to be successful and whether or not you feel like you can either hit those or whether or not doing so would mean creating a type of content that you don't want to create. So that's kind of my whole rundown of what to look for in a content marketing position. To recap them, stage, is it early stage? Is it growth stage? Is it established? Where is it? And is that environment going to be comfortable for you? Industry. Are you passionate about the industry? Is that industry investing in content marketing, in your type of content marketing? Leadership. Do you believe in the leadership? Does the leadership believe in your role? Business model and strategy. Do you buy into the vision? Can you understand it? Do you see the the company goals? Are they written down? Are they clear? And can you see how content fits into that? And are your your individual goals going to be realistic? Role and job description. So paying attention to whether or not the job description fits your sweet spot and not just something that you can do, but something that you'll enjoy doing. B2B versus B2C, which one's the best fit for you? Growth potential. So both growth potential for the company you'd be joining, but then also your personal, you know, growth trajectory at that company, getting a good understanding of that before before you jump in. I think some good signs here actually are I've had some interviews where they bring this up proactively to me of, hey, this is kind of what we're thinking for this role. How does that sound to you? Is this where you want to go in your career? And when they come with that, I think that's a pretty good sign, right? They're already thinking proactively for you, making sure that you are going to be challenging yourself and that that you have a growth path going into it. Brand. So, you know, does the company have a good reputation? Does the leadership 
have good reputation? Are they investing in brand? That's another important thing to consider as a content marketer. And then the the product and the pricing, right? And I kind of think about this as like positioning in the market, right? Do you like the company's position and the category's position in the market? And then the pricing based on the ACV of the product, trying to try to understand what type of content strategy would be needed. And if that's really like the kind of content that you want to do, that's really important going into it, right? Another thing I didn't mention here that I think is is good to just point out is do they have a tight niche, clear audience that you're talking to? Or is it more of a, a horizontal product? And some of the PLG you know, type products are going to be just more horizontal products by nature. So you may be selling to a few different types of personas. And so are you comfortable doing that, right? Are you comfortable creating different content and different assets um, for for different roles and different departments? Or do you need that focus of just uh, just talking to one person, just talking to to one audience and really going going deep there? So no one right answer, but those are all things to consider as you are both evaluating the role that you have now and whether or not it's a good fit. And I just had a conversation with a content marketer about this. It could be that that is a good fit, that there is a good role for you in that company. You're just not in that sweet spot yet. So I wouldn't ignore this. I've had these conversations with the team before. I brought this up like as a team member before of, hey, I really want to do more of this or I see this opportunity for this. Like, can I take this on as a side project? Right. Or I want to do this, but I'm too strapped with this other thing. This other thing doesn't seem to be bringing in revenue. I think we should drop it for X, Y, and Z reasons and do this instead. Here's the projected outcome of that. If you present it like that and present a plan for how you're going to get there, most of the time the answer is going to be yes, of pursuing more of the things that fall into your sweet spot. Because most managers understand that when you're passionate about something, that you're going to do better work. And so carving out that space for you and your existing job is important. But then also, you know, as you're evaluating other jobs or considering other jobs, thinking through all these things and maybe even thinking about how they stack rank to your your current position, right? Because if leadership is the most important thing to you or work-life balance is the most important thing to you, you know, stack ranking where you might be going compared to where you are now it could be that where you are now is already maxing out on the things that are most important to you. And that's a good way to just, yeah, to, to know that maybe you have a good situation already. So there's that. But then there's also, you know, I would say just be be open to different possibilities and know that you are going to continue to change as a person. Your skill set's going to continue to change and to be open to different career paths and different opportunities. And if you are not progressing in your career or you're not having those conversations and when you bring them up, your management or your uh, direct manager is not receptive to them, that's a red flag. So that's my whole recap. Hope this was helpful. Let me know if it was. But those are the factors that I consider when I look at different jobs or opportunities or even help friends evaluate their own career paths. So specifically looking at all of this from a content marketing perspective, I'm sure there are some other factors that I missed, but those are 
uh, a few things to chew on, especially right now with the economic climate, the way it's going. It seems like a lot of people are shuffling, I think maybe is the is the best word for it. There's a lot of movement, I think, in the market, different people taking different jobs. I've seen that even specifically in uh, in content marketing, some big names shuffling around. And so as that's happening, just understanding the landscape. I didn't even get into this one, but funding, right? How much funding they have, you know, again, growth trajectory, how all that plays into your specific role, the stability of your role, and, you know, just whether or not you're going to like what you're doing. So hope this is helpful and I am going to sleep. Thanks for listening to Content Logistics. This episode is produced by Motion, a done-for-you B2B podcasting agency for busy marketers. If you liked what you heard, please follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.